0: God for that. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40 and Psalms 27. I really uh, felt this presence of God last night uh, because this is a tormented generation and I trust that there are a number of you that you felt uh, deliverance last night and there's freedom in Christ Jesus. And if you're still struggling, you really do need to go to your pastor. You need to talk and uh, to uh, him and believe God, there's full deliverance, there's full deliverance for this generation. This is a generation that needs deliverance because what we what what this generation has opened up themselves to, and our God is a God who brings deliverance. hallelujah. Isaiah chapter forty, I want to minister out of that and isaiah uh, psalms twenty seven in verse 14, there's a, a, a young man named Robert Samuel. He's very uh, entrepreneurial. Thank God for America where you can, amen, find a good idea and run with it and you can make a lot of money. Hallelujah. So this man, Robert Samuel, uh, 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 lives in New York City. If you've ever been in New York City, it's, it's very, uh, very crowded and hustle and bustle there. And as he was driving down the road and he noticed different uh, venues, uh, entertainment and different things, people are waiting in lines and waiting in lines, maybe to get into the, the... He put out in, uh, on Craigslist, uh, he was trying to get his new iPhone. And how many you know to get the new iPhone when it, when it first comes out, there's usually a long line. And so he put on Craigslist, uh, for I'll pay somebody $100 if they'll stand in line for me. And somebody came and answered it and stood, I don't know how many hours in line. He gave him a hundred bucks. And when he was right close to the first of the line, he walked in and got his iPhone. And something clicked inside. He says, You know what? I could make money standing in line waiting for people. And so he started this business and he charges $25 for the first hour and then an additional $10 for every 30-minute increment, uh, and he'll stand in line uh, uh, as long as uh, you want him to. So much so that now he's got nine employees, and their full-time job is to wait in line for somebody. One man uh, uh, waited 43 hours for for an audition on the TV show Shark Tank. And made all that money. Thank God. How many like waiting? Just That's what he said. People will pay for me to wait for them. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Flip over to Psalms 27, verse 42. Amen. And the Bible says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And I want to look at this this evening, this subject, this truth, this topic of waiting on God. These two verses of Scripture are written by individuals. One is David, one is the prophet Isaiah. They are written by two men whose ministries expanded many years. And these are two individuals who learned the word of God. And they're writing out of their experience. They learned how to wait on God. And in the kingdom of God, you have to learn this for yourself. You cannot hire somebody to wait on God for you. I wish we could, but we can't. Amen. This is something that every one of us must learn to do. It is not an easy lesson, but it is an absolutely critical and vital lesson in the kingdom of God, is learning how to wait on God. Some here tonight, uh, this is the very thing that you're struggling with. Uh, this is the very thing that you're dealing with uh, and possibly you don't even know it. Uh, you don't realize it. Uh, others, uh, you do realize it. Uh, but the question is, uh, how in the world uh, do you wait on God? But I want to say that this must be the waiting on God must be at the very core of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Many times we tend to get ahead of God. And the psalmist says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Why does he say that? Because it can be a time where we're not as strong as we think or as we want to be. One translation says, stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. So we see this element of waiting on God is the is the opposite of quitting. Many people quit the things of God. They leave the things of God uh, and uh, they don't understand uh, uh, or the reason they do that is because they don't know how to wait on God. waiting on God is the exact opposite of quitting. And those who do quit many times do so because they have not learned how to wait on God. Why did brother so-and-so leave? Why did sister so-and-so, where are they? Haven't seen them in a couple of weeks. What's happening? I don't know. I'll tell you what's happening. They haven't learned or they didn't learn how to wait on God. Many times uh, we, right when God wants to move, we go in the opposite direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ever thought to yourself, why am I going through all this? I never ever thought that? <laughs> Join the club. Let me give you a reason. You know why you go through things? So you can learn to rely on God. Why am I going through this? Number one, it's life. Number two, God wants you to depend on him, not yourself. And sometimes we get too self-reliant. And David is saying, and the, the uh, uh, prophet Isaiah is saying, wait on the Lord Amen. This is how David handled adversity in his life. (coughs) This is how David handled uncertainty in his life. He waited on God. Now, let's be honest. How many here like to wait? We already saw that. There's not very. How many when you go to the H-E-B, you look and say, man, where's the longest line? Oh, that registers the line. I'm going to go to that one. None of us you go to the bank and and now you're looking for the shortest line and it, it, it never fails. you get the shortest line, but the guy up in front of you takes forever, and even though it's the shortest line it's taken forever you're ready to take uh, get. Good. The word "weight" in the Bible is not the way we think. The word "weight" actually means to bind together by twisting. Isn't that weird? You look up Bible words, man, you'll learn a lot. You'll learn a lot. Amen. If you don't have a concordance, you can't study the Bible. If you don't study the Bible, you won't know the Bible. If you don't know the Bible, you'll go to hell. Simple as that. And so this word, uh, to wait, means to bind together by twisting, uh, to become intertwined. And so you start to see, uh, amen, waiting on the Lord involves a twisting together of our lives with God's life, a, a binding or an instinct. This is what takes place when you wait on God, or this is what is supposed to be taking place uh, when you wait on God. Hallelujah. If you read through this psalm in Psalms 27, you'll see that David is going through things. David is always going through things. Amen before he became king he was going through things after he became king he's going through things uh, and he's learned something uh, is that I don't want to step out and do my own will Uh, I want to wait on God and see God do his will Uh, he had the chance to kill uh, King Saul who was trying to kill him he said no I'm not going to take matters in my own hands Uh, I'm not going to execute my will Uh, I'm going to wait on God uh, and even though everything in him wanted to do that and his men were even telling him to do that he felt checked in the spirit of God says no I'm going to wait on God and let God do it his way not my way and so what you learn in waiting on God is you know what it's a yielding of your will to the will of God it's not merely the passage of time it's not just like you wait in the line at the grocery store or the bank or wherever else where you're just waiting and you're looking at your watch and you're waiting and you're waiting. Come on God, hurry up. Hurry up. God, I got things to do, you know. Could you hurry up? That's not waiting on God. Waiting on God involves, uh, amen, uh, a, 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 a time where you stop and you begin to back up and you begin to examine your will versus the will of God. Hallelujah. One translation says, don't be impatient. Wait for the Lord and he will come and save you. Be brave, be stout-hearted, be courageous. Be full of faith, do not doubt. Yes, wait and he will help you. And so there is a time where we pull back. There is a passage of time, but it's not merely the 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 the, the passing of ticks on the clock. There's something that we're doing during this time period. Verse 11 of the Psalms 27, uh, uh, David says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. And so what he's saying is, teach me how to wait on you. Which means it doesn't come naturally. Waiting on God does not come naturally. Waiting uh, in, its, in, in and of its own self does not come naturally. Uh, the vast majority of people uh, are very impatient. Amen. Waiting does—it it just doesn't set well. Set well with us. Waiting on God is even more difficult. But uh, uh, David says. Uh, Because of my enemies, God teach me how to wait on you. So what he's saying, if you do not learn how to wait on God, you will play right into the hands of the enemy. You see this in relationships. You better wait on God. You've got desires. You've got things going on. If you're single in this place, you got things going on. Amen. And if you don't learn to wait on God. You'll play right into the hands of the enemy. Can you say, oh, he's a hunk? A hunk of what? A hunk of flesh. Sister, you don't want to marry a hunk of flesh. You want to marry a man who loves God. And you might have to wait on God for that. Brother, oh, she's so cute. Looks are deceiving the devil was an angel of light oh thank you jesus (laughs) anyway but we decided we're not mature enough in our relationship with jesus to date and so we made this decision we decided we're not going to date anybody else If somebody else asked her out, she wasn't going to say, okay. I had no plans to ask anybody out. And for six months, we sought the will of God. And I remember one time, uh, uh, okay, and after about another six months, we'd both been saved a year. We decided, okay, we'll we'll, we'll start courting. I don't call it dated courting. You know, We'll go on outreaches together. Whoa, what a hot date. (laughs) Prayer meeting, you know. And so on, we we had the music night was in this little room uh, uh, next to the the building on uh, Veterans Boulevard in Tucson, and we had a music night and they're singing and stuff like that and and we're having a great time places packed out and people are getting saved and man it, it, right in the middle of the music night it felt like God's finger went right through me it's like I'm like God it's like he had me pinned to the wall I was just and, and and I could I couldn't shake it. I go down to the altar. The guy who prayed with me, his name was Tom. He comes in. You okay, G? I said, yeah, I just feel God's conviction. God's conviction. So you live in rhymes. I said, man, I'm, I'm living clean. You know, everything's, I, I mean, I can't escape. I felt like a, 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 a bug that was just stuck with a needle, just ah, flailing on the ground. So the music night ends, and it goes, and I, yeah, I know what that was. What was that? She was in the sanctuary praying, God, show me if he's the one. Man, God almost killed me. (laughs) Yeah, he's the one. It's called waiting on God. It's called waiting on God. One of the hardest things I've had to learn is how to wait on God. I got saved, and I wanted to preach the gospel. Had a strong desire to preach the gospel. I was on a full Army ROTC scholarship at the University of Arizona. The Army paid my, my schooling, and in return, I had to go into the military for a number of years. And so I got saved beginning of my junior year. And I, I, you know, I, I said, you know what? I want to go no the Army. <laughs> I want to stay here and preach the gospel. And so a friend of mine had been in, he's in the Air Force. Uh, and so I applied to get out. They had a board meeting with some colonels and, and, and high-ranking people. Went over my, my records. Huh, and they said, no. Now I said, I'm not. And they said, we'll give you an option. Go in the army or go to jail. Hmm. Let me think about that for a minute. I said, I don't feel called to a jail ministry. And so I had to go in the army. And, and so I was in the army. I was stationed at Fort Ord uh, uh, there for three and a half years. We were, or, yeah, about three and a half years, we really didn't have a church. Uh, we tried different churches. None of them really worked out. Uh, and then when we went back to San Antonio, this whole time, almost every I got this urge uh, just to preach and to preach. Man, I preached more sermons to my steering wheel. That thing still didn't get saved. <laughs> you can tell by the way I drove. <laughs> and I'm praying, and I'm praying. My wife and I are praying for for years uh, I was in the army for five years, and we're at a con- we're at a a, a a conference in Tucson, and we're sitting in the Howard Johnson's. Uh, uh, they had the, the the hotel there and the little restaurant next door, and God speaks one word. He says, "Now." One word. Looked at my wife. I said, "God just told me, now." And so we just had our, our third child. Uh, we're sitting in that restaurant. I've got a wife, three kids. Uh, and I said, what do you think, uh, Cheryl? She said, go for it. Thank God for wives that are filled with the Holy Ghost and love God. Anyway, I, waiting on God, and I heard very distinctly, now, now. But through that whole time, there was a yielding, where I'm yielding my will, I'm yielding my plans. I I had planned to be in the military since I was 13 years old to go there and, 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 and do all that kind of stuff. They offered me all kinds of, they offered me to get a master's degree. They offered me to fly helicopters. They offered me to do all the, thing. I said, no, I'm preaching the gospel. I just didn't know when. And then I heard God's now. And it, we made our move at that point, went back to uh, Tucson, became door directors and went. Uh, but you know, it's, it's hard at times to learn how to wait on God. It's much more than just being patient. It's much more than just the passage of time... Amen. During that passage of time, there is a yielding process where you yield your will to the will of God. You yield those areas of your life that are strongholds of the flesh in your own life. You begin to yield those as you wait on God. There's a yielding and there's an exchanging of your strength for his strength. This is what it's talking about with about the twisting It's the picture of a little string being wrapped around a big, strong metal cable. Now the string basically has the same strength as the cable. As you yield your will, as you yield those areas of your life to God and to His will and to His plans and to His purposes, amen, you become strengthened. And God knows when you're ready to go forward and fulfill His will, and that's when will give you the word now. But waiting on God is not just, come on, man, I've been here three hours. Do we wear watches in heaven? I mean, it's eternity. Just a thought. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with we, with wings as eagles. They shall learn how to wait upon God, and then they do, because waiting on God involves the yielding of our will and the exchanging of our strength. For his strength. How many uh, parents are you got? You know, your little kids, uh, and they're maybe you're out in the yard, you're fixing something, or you're bringing in groceries, and the little kid wants to come, and he, your your child wants to help. Uh, so there's some. It's obvious he can't pick it up by himself. So you help him. Uh, you know, uh, maybe it's a big rock or something. And so you, and he thinks he's carrying it all. He's you got all the weight. Oh, you're such a big boy. You're so strong. Look at those muscles, man. He's like, yeah. This little thing, yeah. And he's going, yeah. That's a lot like God. That's waiting on God. He's carrying the load. and We think we're, ah. but on your own, you would, it would crush you. There are many, many aspects and times of life where the only way you're going to get through it is you need an exchange of strength. You have to wait on God. It's not just time. There's things that take place. Hallelujah. You know, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, when he taught us to pray, the Lord's prayer in Matthew 6, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Here's the clue in waiting on the Lord. One of the first lessons to learn in waiting on God is you're praying for his kingdom and for his will. This is a mindset, this is a mentality that we carry with us. Uh, This is an atmosphere we live in and function in and breathe in. And you might think that's a, yeah, I understand that, Pastor. Uh, But listen, I believe this is is a much greater uh, factor than we realize. Most of us pray, uh, amen, God, my kingdom come, my will be done, right? Right? Most times we pray, or many times we, we basically tell God what to do. Oh, Lord, kill this one and bless that one. Right? You Never prayed for God to kill anybody? Really? You're more spiritual than me. I've had to repent lots of times. Amen. See, many times we come before God and make our requests. We give God our shopping lists with our time frame, complete with our time frame. We're not only telling them what to do, we're telling them how to do it and when to do it. That's not waiting on God. What we do, God do this and do that uh, this way now and I'll wait here until you're done and you tell me when you're done because I got other things I got to do. Have you ever prayed that way? No, we, not outwardly, but inwardly. That's not waiting on God. Because what happens with that, when we pray that way, but think that we're waiting on God, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing and then you say, oh, this waiting on God thing doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work because you didn't read the instructions. <laughs> that's not how to do it. Waiting on God is saying, and that's hard, because it means death to self. Death is Crucifying the flesh is not fun. It's a, it's a wicked, your flesh. Ah! How many here like to fast? Why? Because you're A fa- <laughs> little kid over here is raising his hand. Yeah. Then you know what it means. Amen. I, my flesh hates to fast. Hates it. Can't stand it. And see, uh, waiting on God, you're denying the flesh. It's, it's it, wanting to do this, this way, this time. Th- and God says, no, that's not you going to wait on me. You're going to do it in my time frame. You're going to do it how I want and when I want and, and, and all of these things. He said, my ways are not your ways. Your ways are not my way. High as the heaven is above the earth, so are my ways above your ways. God doesn't do things the way we do. And waiting on God is that exchange. It's, okay, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to do it your way. Husbands are great for this. Buy something. Start to put it together. I don't need no instructions. I'm a man. Start to put it together. And What are all these extra parts for? Well, they're not extra parts. Hey, man, you knucklehead, you didn't use them. I put together a swing set twice backwards. The one set of, of legs were up this way, the other set were better. I was like, how did I do that? <laughs> Take it apart, we move to somewhere else, and I'll get it right this time. And then, then it was like, I'm... my wife's just sitting there. The instructions. We have to do things God's way. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. See, the Bible says wait on the Lord. Lordship is the issue with waiting. Lordship deals with human will. Lordship deals with the will of God versus your will. In order to wait on the Lord, he has to be your Lord. Brilliant conclusion there. Jesus said, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. That's a scary thought. He says, many people on that day will come unto me and say, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and your name cast out devils and in your name done many wondrous works. He said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. You know what that means? Is you gonna be a part of a congregation that's doing something for God, but you don't know God? He said, yeah, we did this, we did that. He said, what's this we business? I didn't know you. No, that's kind of like, it's kind of like when when a football team wins. Yeah, we won, we won. Dude, we? You never got off the couch or away from the refrigerator. We won, we won. Really, we? Listen to what he says in Psalms 27. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And when you said, Lord, seek my face, my heart said unto me, Thy face, O Lord, will I seek. See, that's the attitude that we must have when we're waiting on God. One thing I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. Not my will, not my ways, not my timing. I want to be in the house of God. I want to be in God all the days of my life. God, my heart says, Thy face, O Lord, will I seek. And so you're in one of those periods in your life where you're waiting on God, God what should I do well what you should do what we do when we wait on God we're seeking God with all our heart we're checking our lives we're making sure every aspect of our life is yielded to his will that means his timing his purposes his way we're yielded to that and we continue in that mindset and in that atmosphere and in that attitude until we hear God's now because what's taking place during that time is there's that twisting together where your strength and God's strength the exchange is taking place hallelujah you're freeing up those areas of self and areas of self control to his control anybody here ever had an anger problem Anybody still have an anger problem? Sometimes. We just had a guy start coming to church. And uh, he had this kind of cast. On, hey, how you doing? What happened to your head? Oh, I hit a wall. I said, dude, listen. You got to find out where the stud is and hit between them. You're going to hit a wall, find the softest spot, okay? Go mark it out beforehand, and then you can act tough. There's greed, there's covetousness, there's lust, there's all these things. And that's what God is wrestling free as we wait on him. Amen. David refused to take matters in his own hands. David refused to be the author of his destiny. It's like those those license plates. God is my co-pilot. Well, you're a fool. God's the pilot. No, he's my co-pilot. Yeah, and you'll go to hell. He's my co-Lord. No, he's Lord. Lord, I want your will and I will wait upon you for it. The Bible does speak about patience. It says, You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. There is that word patience means steadfastness, constancy, and endurance. That means you've made up your mind to do the will of God, and you're not going to depart from You're not going to be, oh, I want the will of God one day, and the next day I don't want the will of God. I want the will of God one day, and the next day I don't want a will. It's, it, there's a constant. After you have done the will of God, you've yielded those areas, uh, there's a waiting. Uh, after to, uh, you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, I don't understand why all the waiting. I don't understand, that's up to God. I'm not God, uh, amen, way above my pay grade, uh, amen. But as you wait upon him, uh, you yield those areas of your life to him, uh, submit to his will, uh, and uh, it's amazing how God begins to orchestrate circumstances in your behalf. Hallelujah. And some of you have been really battling, and the answer God says is, wait, wait on me. Hallelujah. One man says it's cheerful constancy or or, 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 or consistency. Psalms 130 says these words. Listen to David. Out of the depths of my heart have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Put that into perspective. Out of the very depths, there's a desperation in David. There's a severe and critical desperation in his life. Look how he handles a desperate situation. Out of the depths of my heart have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee uh, that you may be feared. So in the, out of the depths of his heart, uh, amen, he sees his own sinfulness, uh, his own wickedness. Maybe the devil is uh, pouring a uh, uh, condemnation upon him. Uh, He's crying out. He says, God, if you should count iniquity, we'd all go to hell. But I do know that with you is forgiveness. And then he says in verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait, and in his word do I hope. He is in a desperate situation. He has no other alternative. He knows that he can't go and do his own will. It's not going to work. It never has. It never will. He's desperate. And the answer to his desperation, God, I'm going to wait on you. God, I'm going to wait on you. God, I need a job. But it I ain't taking one when it puts me out of church. I'm going to wait on you. I'm desperate. But I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to do it your way. that's not natural, that's supernatural. My soul waits for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. When I was in the military, we often had to have all-night duty. We'd work all day, then we'd have to work all night, and you'd get off when the next shift came in. And I tell you what, a clock does not move slower than from like three in the morning to five in the morning. It's like, oh, it's like it's going backwards. It's going backwards, like anybody work night shift? You, you realize it's like, oh, and you just. Oh. He says, God, he said, I wait for God more than that person waits to get off work. Because if it's not your will, God, I don't want it. I don't want. I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm going to wait on you. There's a blessing for those who wait on God. <clears throat> the Bible says they will mount up with wings as eagles. One of the most majestic things in all the world to watch is an eagle that's soaring. They just. Get, you ever just look at it like, how come they don't fall to the ground? I mean, they're bit and their wings and they just. Sh- and they look like they're having fun, man. They're, sh- 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 they're going up, they're mounting up, they're going—no effort at all. It just puts its wings out, and the the the, the thermals and the heat, and it just—and the wind. It, God says, you know, you can get to where you're—you that's that's your life. You're you're going and you're fly, you're mounting up with wings as eagles. You can run and not be weary, walk and not faint. It's very interesting in that text of scripture in Isaiah forty-one. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases their strength. How? Those that wait on God. He goes on to say, Even the youth or the young man will faint and be weary, and the young men will utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And so he's speaking about something that's very interesting. If you don't learn at a young age, especially as a young Christian, to wait on God, there's going to come a time, you know, you're no longer young, you've lost that strength, and you're going to be out of it. Amen. Proverbs 20, verse 29, the glory of young men is their strength, the beauty of old men is their gray head. I like that. I like that. Right, brother? Gray head. The glory of old, they're great. See, when you're young, argh, but see, when you get old, you can't do that anymore. Like, ee, <laughs> uh, so you got to have something to glory about. It's your Wisdom. It's your, your, your insight, your wisdom, your understanding. How do you get that? You get that when you're young, amen, and you learn to wait on God. But if you don't get that when you're young, when you're old, you're not gonna know how to wait on God and you're not gonna be strong anymore. You'll be a has-been. Has-beens and wannabes, the world's filled with them. But you can mount up with wings. You know the, the best example of this is? Pastor Wayman Mitchell, he's 88 years old. He's still going all around the world. He's mounted up like with wings. As he, that man is incredible. But it only comes when you learn to wait on God. You're in situations uh, and you know, it's, it's, it, learn to wait on God. Lay hold of God. Uh, the way you lay hold of God, uh, uh, you know, it's not like you can grab him. It's like, where is he? The way you lay hold of God is you get before God and you begin to yield your will. You begin, okay, God, not what I want. I want what you want, and you make sure that what you want, to, Amen, is God's will, and that involves timing, that involves how, who, when. It's okay, God. Uh, here it is. That that's waiting on God, and when you do that, then there's an intertwining, and it's it's like you burst into this, and you're able to mount up with wind. It's like, wow, this is easy. It's easy because it's God. See, it, here's most of us. <laughs> We're trying. And we're flapping like this we're flapping and we're... And there goes the eagle, the eagle he just I'd rather be an eagle than a little you know, turkey that falls to the ground wait on God might be in the area of relationships area of finances Area of career, school, whatever the case may, wait on God. What does that mean? Find out God's will and do it with Him. Let's bow our heads together. Hallelujah. I read an article recently.